0: It comes to us by your Spirit from your riches in glory. Thank you, Lord, for providing everything that we need. Open up our hearts to hear your word that we might be edified, built up, strengthened, encouraged. Everything that we need, Father, is possessed in your word, and we thank you. We open ourselves up to receive your word right now. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're on page 19 of our book, Awake and Put on Strength, amen. So our author is right here with us, Pastor Shirley Camp, amen. 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 So we're very, very blessed. to uh have her here so that she can witness and verify what we're we're doing today. So that's always a blessing. So um two scriptures that she gives us talking about the importance of our words. And I know we all say that and and I just can share with you uh how I perceive what God has been doing with us through the emphasis on the spoken word and the emphasis on the confession coming from the mouths of the saints. I just believe that uh, in the word of faith movement or the word teaching movement that the body of Christ has been in. These movements don't end and begin; they overlap with each other. In the importance of art and how. Uh, our lives and how the word is important to be used in our warfare, in our, uh, personal desires, all of the things that we, um uh, need that come by faith have to be spoken. You know, they, they have to be spoken at some point. And so I think God has been training us to always speak his word. So that when our mouth is trained and our minds are renewed and our hearts are fixed on Him, then He can increase the anointing on our words for better effect. So, amen, amen. The Bible says that if you are, if you pay your vows, you can decree a thing and it'll manifest or it'll happen or you can have it. And so what that means to me, what it means, a paying a vow means keeping your word, letting your word be a faithful word. I always tell people, don't, don't violate your own vow to yourself. Your words are more important to you than they are to anybody. It's not so much that you're impressing God by speaking his word back to him, or you're impressing anybody else by what you say. You know, you know. Sometimes people get caught up in in things, and and they'll promise things because they want to be seen as somebody who's uh, able, or or you know, you know how people do. They say, oh yeah, I'll do it. I do it. yeah, no problem. And then they, you know, when you look for it to be done, it's not done. And see, that's a person who is breaking a vow to himself. He is violating his own being, his own spirit, his soul, and his conscience. And really what he's doing, he's lying because they're promising something without fulfilling it. Now some things people have no intention of fulfilling. They have no power to fulfill. But God is not that kind of God where he would get us involved in uh, over-promising and under-producing. What God promises, he fulfills, and what he moves us to promise, we can fulfill. Amen? So there's no such thing as, I ran out of time, or I forgot, or oops, sorry, uh, oh yeah, I forgot. No, that's not true. The truth is, you never intended to in the beginning. But you weren't honest enough with yourself to tell yourself that. Let me break it down to you. If I really don't want to do something, i got a few options. I can tell you no, or I can go to God and say, God, if this is something that I should do, it's expected. This person seems to be expecting something from me. Help me to want to do it. Help me to, you understand what I'm saying? We have an option as believers. You're not in this by yourself where you run around doing everything in your own strength. Huh? We peter out so fast. We shock ourselves how little energy and interest we have, huh? So the way I've learned to live, and, and this is not saying you do this, or, or it, it might work for you, I don't know. But I pull myself out of it. You see, people always think, you know, oh, so and so seems to enjoy something. I don't know if I enjoy it or not. Because I do everything with joy. So it really doesn't depend on what I do. Oh! Bart! Don't hurt my feelings like that. How many of you in here are parents? You had babies with diapers that you hated to touch? And you so glad you got that little diaper off of them. You said, Mm, take it off. And then when they got... Got that little powder on them. You know, you wiped them pretty good. You know. <laughs> it was, you wiped them okay. If the, if the, the contents weren't mushy, they got a pretty good wipe that day. Amen? And amen, amen. And got some Johnson's baby powder on them. Amen, amen, amen. And they smell good and you love them. Amen, amen, amen. That's the way you can do with everything that you're assigned to do in God amen you take no thought for the displeasing part of it you make sure that you don't get yourself entangled in the don't want to's and don't feel likes and when is it going to be my turn to have somebody do something for me huh because we're servants amen all of us you never outgrow service The day you outgrow being a servant, you outgrow receiving blessings, you outgrow a lot of things. So don't ever get to the point where you are so dependent on how you feel about things that you make judgments as to whether or not you're going to obey God based on how you feel about something. Got me? There are many people that walk away from ministries three times the size of this one because it's not big enough for them. You understand what I'm saying? They ain't feeling like. You understand what I'm saying? So we can't go by what we feel. We have to go by what we're assigned to do. And so you can make your vow to do what God has put before you to do and accomplish those things. Amen. And once you make that decision, God will carry you through. It's not like you got to make that decision every time you get up to do something this is like a one-time surrender say god i'm here i'm your servant like mary let it be unto me i'm the handmaiden of the lord i don't have no say so or nothing you know and i know the girl had to swallow hard you've been raised as a, a good little hebrew girl and all of a sudden you're gonna have to be pregnant out of wedlock yeah you swallow hard but you surrender amen And so that's all God wants us to do is to surrender to the authority of his word. It will be the best decision you ever make is to just let go and let God have it all. So you don't have to go through the angst of deciding every little thing God tells you to do. Am I going to do it? Am I not going to do it? Do I like this? Don't I like this? What else can I do instead of this? Don't don't put yourself through that trouble because when you talk about receiving the blessings of God and receiving increased anointing on your words and seeing your faith increase it comes to faithful people you got me people who don't pick and choose people who know their servants and stay in their zone and stay in their spot and don't look at what the servant next door to them is doing with their time amen Because they can be sitting on the street tomorrow and you're sitting up in a a much better place and you're trying to be jealous and copy them. You understand what I'm saying? You can't live through them. They can't live through you. You have to answer to God for what he calls you to do and what he tells you to do. And so if we can be faithful to God, he will be faithful to us. But I'm telling you, the power on your words grows out of your faithfulness in every area you want to prophesy and move mountains we all want to do that but you can't do it when you want to you have to do it on call you have to do it when god says to do it you have to lay down who you are and pick up christ be the best decision you ever made you, you know how it is now. I've, I've done this before. You know, you, you feel bad about yourself because you ate too much and then you cut back a couple days and you get on the scale, you lost five pounds. It can be like that every day. Man. If you make the decision to just obey God, that burden of who you are comes off of you Man. and you can function freely and serve God freely. And then God then is free to trust you with more power on your words. So that's what God is looking for. He's looking for people to that he can entrust with more power on their words. He can entrust with power to deliver people who are oppressed with their words. I was watching people minister. Now I have no problem trusting people to pray for people because you pray here all the time. I know you pray. I know you probably, in your spirit, you've got most of those prayers that you pray out of that manual. They're memorized in your spirit. I know you can get out there and function because you're going know, Most people are either gonna want money or want healing or salvation. So you know you got all them three, and you've been praying them for a long time. You didn't even see you got testimony of people who have been healed because of your prayers. You understand? So I know everybody can do that. So it's no shock to me when you pray for people and then they're delivered or they're healed or something like that. Well, just like God does it with that, he wants to turn up the volume and power on our words even more. You got me? And so he wants us to come out of the stage of proving that we are faithful with his word and get into the stage of handling more power. Amen. Being trustworthy with more power. You know, by this time we shouldn't be speaking out of our emotions all the time. You understand what I'm saying? There's some things you want to say badly, but you don't say them and you repent and you say, God, put a better word in my mouth or <laughs> change my mind about whatever it is. And, and so the words that we have are very, very important. It's, it's important that you speak from the spirit. It's important that you don't speak and in, in magnify the natural realm. It's important that you dig a little deeper within yourself and pull up a word that's going to edify, that's going to bless, that's going to encourage, that's going to strengthen. All of that, that's what we're here for. Any idiot can talk about how bad things are. And talk about you know this person's fault and that person's fault. Now anybody can do that, but it takes an anointed and a gifted person to dig down a little deeper and bring up the word of the Lord for that situation. And that's what people God wants us to be—that kind of people. That's that's my take on it. Uh, Proverbs twelve six it says the words of the wicked kill, the speech of the upright saves. Amen. The speech of the upright brings salvation brings deliverance brings healing amen brings encouragement brings you can go another day you understand what i'm saying sometimes it's just that tight with some people you know they don't know if they're going to make it to the end of the day but then one of the saints of god will come by and god will put a word in their mouth but you know what we do a lot of times we get around people and if they don't look friendly we turn not interested amen when we are the ones who can change that whole situation and turn it around for god's good so never never judge by the appearance of things always judge what's in your heart what god wants to bring forth out of your heart let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth amen corrupt meaning a word that's going to tear down a word that's going to bring confusion a word that's going to provoke uh you know that kind of stuff you don't want that kind of stuff coming out of your mouth but what is is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers and grace means the the, the presence of god to encourage them in what they're doing or encourage their way or encourage them and not not uh hinder their life in any way So our words can change atmospheres. This is happening now and we're going to see it more and more. And I totally agree with that. Totally agree. Our words can change atmospheres, attitudes, and hearts. Our words will transform people's thinking. People will be encouraged and not disappointed because of our words. This is our job, so get ready for it. Get ready to prophesy. Now when we say prophesy, most of y'all are smart enough to know what we're talking about. We're talking about speaking the word of God by the unction of the spirit. We're not talking about fortune telling, you know, which is, is really what most of these people are doing. They're not really prophesying to people. Amen. They're fortune telling. And so we, we have to be careful about not always wanting to lean on another voice for what decisions we need to make in the future. Now you can do some of that. Sometimes God will encourage you. He sees you. He knows who you are. He knows where you are. And he will, will send somebody with a word specifically for you to encourage you in what is in your heart that he wants for you. So these things are not foreign to us. You know, people say things like, oh, it's just a confirmation. No, it's not. It's really helping you to perceive what's already in your heart. See, now what we receive is a witness of the spirit that it's God. It's not a confirmation. Confirmation would have to be something you're aware of already, consciously aware of. Sometimes people will have a word for you, and you think it's confirming something. It's really not. It's reading it. It's bringing it up so you can know what's in there. And because it came from within you, you have a piece of knowing about it, and you may not have heard it before in your spirit. You understand? And so that's the difference. True prophecy will do that. Often prophecy will come to you, and and it'll put things together, That may have come to you spiritually in bits, pieces, and fragments. And so prophecy will come to you with a whole message that that god is and he puts it together for you because many times we live in a place where we we know god and we love god but we don't pay enough attention to what's in here to bring it up ourselves so prophecy shortcuts that cut and paste thing that we have to do to figure out who we are what we're supposed to be doing it shortcuts it and gives you a whole message amen you know, I'll have words for people like, now let me tell you why this is this way for you. And they'll begin to relate to something about themselves that's true, and then it starts getting put together for them so they can understand the bits and pieces that they've been. And they'll say, you know what, I do feel like that. I wonder why I felt like that. Now I know. You understand? So then prophecy leaves you with an, uh, uh, an experience finally i understand or at least that part of it anyway you understand what i'm saying and so it it's not that it's supposed to be don't get tripped up on whether it's new to you or not new to you that's not important whether it's a confirmation or if it's well they won't ever tell you all these little stupid rules and regulations people put out there about god and don't even know enough to you know, keep their own minds together. But if God brings you a word, it's because you need it. It's not, it's not just redundant, something you already know, and you're looking for something wonderful and new and standing up there looking crazy because they're telling you something you think you know already. There's a knowing in you, but it's not brought up to your consciousness yet. Some things are not to understand until we get to a certain point in our lives. God leaves little bits and fragments. He, like I've I've known I was I was called to serve God since I was like six years old. I remember having a dream that I said, and I told my sisters like Joseph, you know, I told Louise Ain't Dewey's, and I think Shirley was old enough to listen. And I told my son, I'm gonna do something important one day and God's gonna be in it. That's all I knew about it. So don't tell me I knew I was going to be a minister. I I just knew that fragment of it. And that stuck with me to enough for me to understand to keep living because God would show up in my life at some point. thats I mean, that's as much as I can tell you. It helped me that much. But it wasn't a full understanding. I didn't know I was called to the ministry until I got saved. And, And a lady that operated in the word of knowledge prophesied to me and she began to explain to me what i had been through in my life and the purpose of it see if people can't explain certain things to you, you can get bitter you can can think your life is worth nothing or you won't go very far or you wonder what's it what's it all about you know what i'm saying and and so we have to really really be careful that we understand the purpose of prophecy and we understand what personal prophecy is versus to prophesy. Yeah. To prophesy really means to speak the word of the Lord by unction of the Spirit. Yeah. The gifts of the Spirit will always show up when you prophesy. Amen. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, uh, something that's pertinent to that situation. So you speak by unction of the Spirit. If if somebody comes up to you and complains that they have to have a test at the doctors and and you say to them well let's pray because I know God wants you well God wants to heal you you don't have to be sick and you don't have to be you understand what I'm saying Um, and just just begin to pray for them and if there's something more specific for sure God's going to show up with that word for you and you will prophesy to them. Now, you don't have to go and say, well, God's telling you, you're going to go to this hospital, and he's going to hear you won't need the surgery. They're going to jump around and shout in the operating room. You know, don't go there. That's not what it means to prophesy, amen. That's prophylying, because you don't really, you understand what I'm saying? Now, and we have to be careful with things like that. You don't want to overpromise on things. But I'm telling you, the power of agreement and prayer is extremely powerful. (laughs) To agree in prayer with somebody means God will do it. Isn't that what he says? Where two or more of you agree is touching anything that they ask, it'll be done for them by my Father. That's, That's the strongest prayer sometimes you can ever pray. So you don't have to keep looking for a word of knowledge or a prophecy from somebody, for somebody. But when you speak the word of God by unction, that's prophesy. You understand what I'm saying? And if God gives you another gift to add to that, the more the merrier. That's what I always say. But you can go a long way on the prayer of agreement. Amen. So don't under, don't ever play it cheap or think, you know, it's not as good as something else so our words can do this it'll change atmosphere transform people's thinking amen people will be encouraged and not disappointed because of our words amen so it's our job get ready for it get ready to prophesy so what what the author is saying here is that when you take on this role for god you will sometimes come in competition between what God wants you to do and what you want him to do for you. Many times people want to wait until they have everything they want before they get up and do some things for God. Amen. Some of you have been ministering and and doing things for God long enough to know that's a wrong road. Amen. Because all roads in God's will wind up in the same place. They just wind up at different times. So you want God's words, God's will to intersect with yours at the right time and the right place. So if you, if you get that pace off anywhere, it can lead to a little bit of a train wreck. It's not that God, you're, there's going to be disaster in your life. You're going to have some extra strain somewhere that you would not have had to have had you allowed God to put the timing in there exactly right. Well, let me tell you what's bad about poor timing. It's not that God don't want you to have stuff. But if the timing's right, your your spiritual journey, as they say, your spiritual walk has certain things ordained for you as an inheritance. Now, how many of you remember the story about the prodigal and the one kid wanted his inheritance when he wanted it, the other one was content to live with the father in the father's house forever. Now there's something about an awareness of what we possess that must come to us. The older son, when when he got angry when the younger son came back and they were treating him all nicey-nicey, the older son got angry because he says, "Uh, you know, you never did that for me. And the father said, look around you, everything I have is yours. What more could I give you? This kid didn't have as much, and he didn't know how to stay in the place of blessing to get blessed. He got lost out there somewhere in his mind and didn't understand what life was all about. But thank God he's been found again, and that's why we're rejoicing. You understand me? And so here the older kid has everything and doesn't know it. And that's many times the way we live. We have everything, don't know it. Because we want to see it, possess it, wreck it, tear it up. (laughs) We just want to get our hands on everything real quick. But what that does, it it puts a stress on our faith. See, that younger kid, his faith was stressed because he didn't know to hold on to what he had. See, at the time it was given to him, it was to last him for a lifetime, cause that was his inheritance. But because it was given not in a form of inheritance as he walked with the Father and gained strength and gained understanding of how to live by faith and how to, when stuff looks like it's leaving you, how to pull back and get it back again and how to, uh, you know, fight the good fight of faith. He didn't have all those skills. See, he left home before those skills, before he acquired those skills. And so that's why God has things put in our life as inheritance and not just dump it all on you at one time. He doesn't want to put your faith under duress to where you're losing your mind trying to hold on to it because you don't have the skills faith-wise to be able to possess those things. How do we learn to possess? We learn to possess by possessing small things. If you got small, hold on to it. And when it's time for it to grow, God will breathe more life onto it and make it grow. Until then, it's going to stay right where it is until the unction comes within you for increase for it. And then God continues to pour more into us so that we can speak increase and more increase and more increase and more increase every single time. And that's how your faith grows. It grows by use. But see, if we want everything day one, we're not giving our faith a chance to grow by use so that we can embrace and possess our inheritance and whole see, an inheritance is something that you hold on to. It's not something that comes and goes. God never ordains for us to lose things, He ordains for us to possess them forever. And so God is training us to be possessors. He is training us to trust Him that He has what's best for us and He knows what's best for us at the proper time. You know, I I bought this car recently and I made up my mind what I wanted to spend for it. I had initially thought I'd spend at least twice as much. But then I thought to myself, now God, I don't even want to do that. I don't want it that badly. I don't want, uh, uh. it just wasn't in me. And I, I went ahead and I spent what I thought I wanted to spend, and there were some other things that came along that needed to be done. And after I got to a certain point, I said, "Well, it's enough now, God. I'm stopping. I'm not doing not another thing." You understand what I'm saying? I, I was doing things just to get comfortable. That the car was functional and it was, it was functional all the time or God wouldn't have given it to me. You understand what I'm saying? So you do a lot of things sometimes to get your own comfort level up so that you have confidence that this thing will serve you the way it's supposed to serve you. And so we, we can develop our faith along with God in that way so that we're not overwhelmed by circumstances were not overwhelmed by responsibility so we can enjoy life how many of you people with grandchildren you you enjoy your grandchildren so much now and your kids stressed you out this is just so common why because your faith is developed now amen you you dropped little johnny at least three times nobody saw you picked him right up and kept on going you Kept shaking and make sure he was conscious. And uh, <laughs> You learned to be nurse, doctor, and everything else to make sure little, you didn't break him. huh? He didn't run away from home no matter how many times he threatened. And you found out you were a good parent after all because everybody's all intact. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. And that's exactly what God wants to do, you to do in your faith life. Is to get to the point where you're you're enjoying every aspect of it, just like you enjoy grandchildren. You enjoy them a lot because they ain't there with you all the time. You understand what I'm saying? It's it's you know it don't stress you out a bit because you know the parents is coming back for them any minute now. And so it it it, it's that way with our faith. You you want to be grandparenty about your faith. You understand what I'm saying? You want to have that peace about it, that it'll do everything. It won't stretch you out. And you're not going to lose anything. You're going to possess everything the way. That's the way God wants to bring our inheritance to us. So when you think about what, what you're asking God for, don't think about it as just stuff anymore. It is an inheritance. It is laid up for you. You don't have to twist God's arm to get him to give it to you. You must know that if you continue to obey God, it will come in your possession. It will come into your possession. Amen? Amen. So um, <clears throat> God has called us to do all of the things that he put before us in life. So on page 20, the writer says he has called us to do uh, We. we God wants us to do everything he's called us to do. As you speak by God's unction and do those things, your situation gets straightened out in the process. So this is essential because this is how you live by faith. You have to really understand what it means to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Jesus. Your cross is that thing that you really, really want, but you know God's not got it for you yet, but it's killing you. You can't have it now. That's a cross. You got me? And so when we understand that that is a normal way of living for a Christian and quit feeling sorry for ourselves, quit thinking, accusing God of forgetting about us, not wanting this for us and you know we get lackluster and lackadaisical in the way we go about doing our daily whatever we're being tested folks you're being tested as to how you respond to God can you serve him with joy now I've learned how to do that but I started out serving him in tears because I thought it was so important for me to to have this straightened out in my life. And I just wanted this. And I just couldn't go another day if this wasn't right. And all that kind of stuff. All the angst that we all go through. And then one day it dawned on me that whether I'm upset or whether I'm at peace, this is going to come when it's going to come anyway. You understand? You can't push God into it. I'm thankful that he was teaching me who he was teaching me how to trust him, because that's very important. That's more important than getting your stuff. You understand what I'm saying? That you know the love of God, that you know that you can trust God. Here's finally somebody you'd have met in your life that loves you, and you can trust him, and then you want to act all crazy. You understand what I'm saying? And so, I mean, seriously, you think about it. You say, boy, how silly is that? But we all do it. And so God wants us to know that he is a faithful God more than anything. He wants us to know that we can judge him faithful. Amen. And you won't know that until you let go of everything and just allow him to bring your inheritance to you as it's time, at the ordained time, at the time that he ordains for you because he knows you, he loves you, he has good things in store for you, but he's also developing you in your character. Amen. You've got to come out of selfishness and you've got to come into sonship, daughtership, and into the priesthood. So there's a lot of stuff here for us to do. Amen. He wants us to be people who who um, are attentive to the needs of others all the time don 't just be a witness when we go out together in a group. Amen it just always the best witness you can put is is the fruit of the spirit in your life. Put joy on your face, put a smile, be cordial, be friendly. be all of those things, and that 's your best witness. you know I guarantee it 's your best witness. I know there are times I'll talk to people, you know, just in conversation, I don't care who it is, somebody you call to pay a bill or something like that and and you'll find the favor of God is there for you all the time. For but you've got to put the fruit out there first. You gotta sow a fruit seed to get uh to get the things that you want i guarantee you if you call up and you're angry at people and you're mad at them demanding you're not gonna get nothing because god don't like that ugly stuff coming out of his kids because you can do better you know i i there's a uh i had a call yesterday i wanted to i had a bunch of bills on my desk and it was i was cooking ribs and i didn't Throwing stuff on the desk and greasy hands and all that, and I let them pile up and forgot they, you know. So the fourth of the fourth of the month, fifth of the month, sixth of the month, by the ninth or tenth, you in trouble, you know, if you got to add a stack from the first. And so I noticed that that one bill, American Express bill, I had, and and it was late. And so I thought, I said, well, maybe what I need to do is call them and get them to change the due date. Because, you know, at a certain point, you're waiting for another check, and then that one is, you know what I'm saying, it's, of course, they're never right, the date's never right, you know what I'm saying, y'all never want to just get that money up, but I said, well, let me see if I can get that worked out, plead my case, and so um, the the woman called, and she was real friendly, I said, what's your name, she told me, I forgot, of course, I write them down now, because I was, you know, I want to call him by name, but their name goes right in your head because you trying to get to the give me my money back situation. So she was, she said, oh, well, I'm, I told her I missed my payment. Oh, I'm so sorry. Mrs. Williams, I see you've been a member. I said, girl, longer than you've been born. She said, no, not really. I said, almost though, right? And she was laughing. So here, you know, you, you disarm people from wanting to give you a hard time and tell them what they can't do for you and all this kind of stuff. And, and she said, well, did you want to make the payment now? And I said, uh-huh. She said, well, why don't we take care of that? So, I went ahead and told her you know blah 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 and then I said girl you slick as glass and she said and she started laughing I said y'all know how to get that money I said don't get me wrong you sweet as you can be girlfriend but you got that money up front didn't you oh boy she started laughing so then it was on she gave my late feedback she moved my due date you understand what I'm saying it cost me nothing to just treat her like a human being you know all the people all the people that call them all day long with complaints and demands you want to be the person that treats them like a human being amen so you know she gave my money back i said "Ooh, can i say praise the lord to american express she said you sure can I said, good. I said, well, praise the Lord. You know, you just keep it moving like that. So if she wasn't a Christian, she let me say praise the Lord anyway. But if she was, it was another believer that she could bless. You got me? So it's all good. You just have to make sure that your days are And don't go nervous that you're not going to get what you need because you will. God will give you what you need. He already had her prepped to give me what I needed. So (laughs) praise God. So it says here, as you walk with him, you discover that you are set free from the things that used to hold you captive. So you get a deliverance out of serving God. That's your payoff. You always get more. Don't ever get mad about what you have to do for God or uptight or upset or don't wreck your day. You understand? You ain't wrecking nobody's day but yours. Huh? Huh? He says, you'll look back at the chains that used to bind you have fallen off. God delivers you and sets you free as you set captives free. Amen. So that's a two-edged sword of the word. You speak the word in faith on somebody else's behalf. You lay down your life for them. You pick up your cross and you follow the Lord. Deny yourself. God will take care of you. You think you're going through this life serving him to know he takes care of you. He's not going, what, what kind of God would that be to have you working all day? He said, don't muzzle the ox that treads a corn. Amen. A workman is worthy of his hire. So you get paid for serving God. He says, don't ever wait until you get a healing or get what you need before you move out for God. Hmm? My best work for God in the marketplace came out of a broken heart. At those times, I would look back and say, wow, I don't even know where that came from. Amen. It came from the spirit of God that is on the inside of me. Amen. As long as you're reaching out for God in your brokenness and in your hurt and in your wound, he's putting a deposit on the inside. Amen. That deposit is there to heal you and to be called up to be used by God when he needs it. Amen. That anointing belongs to God. God is more concerned about what's on the inside of you than what's on the outside. Amen. All this for all your selfie a day Facebook friends. Amen. Amen. Warriors have to be self governed and part of that entails protecting what's on the inside. We must be sure that what is on the inside stays pure. Amen. That means you don't get around your raggedy talking friends. When you need to do something for God, you keep around yourself around people who can, can can speak and keep the atmosphere conducive to what God wants to do. Amen? God is calling a purity to the body of Christ for this dispensation. So God, you can tell the bride because the bride keeps herself pure. The bride is not defiled by... Number one, the bride lacks nothing. You ever seen a newlywed? They just as happy being around each other. Huh? They make you tired. Huh? <laughs> I used to say stuff, ah, I've been married too long. You know what I'm <laughs> I'm not excited with you. No, but you know what I'm saying. It's they only have eyes for each other. Nobody else is around. Nobody's alive, but them. They're the only two people on the earth. Amen. Well, that's a bride. She lacks nothing. huh? She got the groom. she got everything. huh? Now you don't marry somebody, and you're not sure they love you. Oh <laughs> I say it for you, huh. That's what courtship is all about. Patting that brother down, finding out what he got, turning pockets inside out. If they, if you see lint in the bottom, you just say, well, you know what? I just, I prayed and I just don't feel you're the one. Get thee behind me right now. Huh? You know what I'm saying. You might test the brother out for a little bit and see if he's going to up his game, but... <laughs> Don't wait too long, that's all, I, that's all I can say. Well, moving on, let me see. I digress, all the just that quickly, just that quickly I digress. Huh? God is more concerned about the inside than outside. Always know that. Warriors have to be self-governed, and part of that entails protecting what's on the inside. For our appeal in First Thessalonians two, three and four, for our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive. So you can't have you in what you do for God. You have to be a servant, you have to serve what's on the plate. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man but to please God who tests our hearts. The gospel has been entrusted to us and we have to do what we're supposed to do. In other words, God has committed it to us. Nobody else preaches the gospel but the church. You got me? So if you don't do it, God's not finding somebody else to do it. He put you here to do that, so you do it. You're not running stuff. You're just here to do your part. Don't worry about what somebody else is called to do and they don't get out and do this and they don't do that. You just do your part. Amen. So God wants He has God has no doubt about entrusting us with the gospel. He believes we'll be faithful with our mandate and what we do and say. We have been given a responsibility, a commission and a mandate to preach the gospel especially in these end times. And I would say even when it's darker and darker, we got to preach harder and harder. You've got to reach down and find unique ways to, to reach people. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, you have to be bold and you have to be confident. That comes from God. This, the Spirit is there to help you with everything that you need to do. But you got to get the ball rolling. you got to open your mouth first. And then God will fill it with His words. You might have to use some of yours first, but pretty soon the Holy Ghost will take over your tongue and begin to speak through you the words of God. He believes that we will be faithful with our mandate and we will, we will do what He calls us to do. The word mandate means an instruction or a directive so we've already been told what to do. God has given us a directive. a mandate also means to decree co- to command or charge also to commission or order an injunction. You know many churches if if they're not full gospel churches, all they can do <clears throat> is is preach soul winning. well how many of you know that if there's no food on the table you won't win somebody over you've got to find out what the need is and be willing to pray and meet that need and be assured that god will do it amen so that's why a lot of their soul winning efforts kind of fall flat because and then people start just pulling people in church and they're not saved you understand what i'm saying that and that never works it tends to dilute the church why don't you know how to get that person saved You've been in church 12 years and you don't know how to preach the gospel to them. But that's true in a lot of denominations. Some of them don't even preach salvation. The ones that do, if if they get their people saved. And so most of their efforts are in filling up empty seats, whether those people are saved or not. But what, what the bride wants to do is introduce the world to the one that she loves, amen, and the one who loves her. And she knows there's room in his heart to love others as well. And so there's no no shortage on who you can bring in to the kingdom. So we, we offer Jesus, his broken body, to those that we meet. You need to be healed. His broken body was broken for you to receive healing you're oppressed by the devil his body was broken for your deliverance and so that's what we do we we receive of the lord what he commits to us and then we offer it to others amen so god wants us to fulfill that mandate it's an order we are ordered to preach the gospel we don't have an excuse this is serious stuff. It is important to God. It's important to us to know and understand what is expected of us. We do not just sit around and wait for God to change our situation. That is not what life is about. God expects end-time warriors to take care of his business, and he takes care of ours. So get busy. Amen. Colossians, um, uh, Colossians 4, 5, and 6 Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt that you may know how you you ought to answer each one. In Habakkuk 2.1, I will stand upon my watch, set myself upon a rampart, and watch to see what God will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. So God is going to, cause us to he's going to call us into account for these things we're going to have to answer to him for how we spend our time here on earth now it doesn't seem real pressing to us now but but get closer to the lord and see if he doesn't give you more to do it is as simple as opening your mouth and we have been entrusted with stewardship to stay on our watch and make sure things go as god expects them to go Of course, the devil is always trying to disrupt. He's always trying to debilitate somebody by whispering lies in in our ears like you can't say that or you can't do that or they don't want to hear what you have to say when the truth is they do want to hear what you have to say, Amen. or God wouldn't have you out there saying it. People are starving to hear what we have to say. Psalm 45, 1, my heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. So y'all can run off at the mouth about thing else, run off at the mouth about God, amen. (laughs) Your tongue is the pen of a ready writer. If you let these little setbacks from the devil hold you back, nobody will hear what they need to hear from you. We are living in a dying world. You would be surprised how many people who think they have a relationship with God really don't know him. People need for us to minister to them and God will always allows us an opportunity to do just that. The Holy Spirit will always show you where someone is hurting and needs to hear the gospel. And I'll tell you, if you pray and ask him to lead you to people. God, lead me to the ones that need to hear from you today. You know, of course, now it was Saturday, last Saturday, we prayed for what? Low-hanging fruit. And trust me, it was falling everywhere. You know, when, when you go, when you went out, I doubt you walked past many people that didn't respond to you. Some people called you over to them before you could even ask them if they needed prayer. And so there's always low hanging fruit, folks. You don't have to fight somebody to get them to let you pray for them. Amen. This is not about you. So put the, put the sword away. Put the gun back. Amen. So people need us to minister to them. God knows this. So that's why he allows us an opportunity to do it. The Holy Spirit will always show you when someone's hurting and needs to hear the gospel. For example, the the author writes, "When, When I minister to someone, I just listen to them first, and I listen for an opening. Then I come right in with truth. Amen. God will help you. Amen. He will always tell you what you need to say to somebody. Amen. So, and that's a good way to, to always have your word received. You know, people like it when, when, when we pay attention to them and when we understand, it shows that we care because we may be the only person that day that, that really, you know, paid attention to them. Amen uh people who are little little lean heavily more into prophetic you know like people come up to me and i know what to say to them before they open their mouths so i have to restrain myself and be polite and pretend like i'm listening (laughs) but i'm not listening for an answer i've already got the answer because i tend not to waste a lot of time with the details Can you get the details over with so I can just move on in here? You know, and and, and so you have to gauge yourself. You have to uh put yourself under Holy Spirit control. So that you 're attentive to them, you show that you care, but you can't lose the answer. You have to trust that God already gave you the answer, and that 's what they they need to know. Amen. I just pull a little harder for answers that 's really what it is. So the Holy Spirit will show you these things that 's what being on your watch means folks it means on your on your watch does not mean being nosy it doesn't mean to go to people 's Facebook page to see what they're doing. Being on your watch means that you're watching for an opportunity, amen, to preach a gospel and you're, you're, you're just watching spiritually speaking. The things of the spirit are very important to you in carrying out things in a spiritual way. Second Timothy tells 4:2 tells us to preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. So the long suffering must come in there. You can't get impatient with people because they don't straighten up right away. You know what I'm saying? You have to you have to uh, understand that God God wants them gives them an opportunity to understand what He's doing, you know, and to agree with Him. Opportunities come in lots of different ways, so we have to stay ready. Being ready means that you can always get in there with the right word at the right time. Proverbs twenty five, eleven. The right word at the right time is like a custom made piece of jewelry. Amen. There are times when we think we're not ready. I have been like that before those days when I didn't feel like it. And I thought this isn't my assignment, but it's always our assignment. Amen. When we tell ourselves a lot of different things, but God is waiting for us to open up our mouths. And first Peter three fifteen to 16, sanctify the Lord in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks your reason why your hope is in you. You know, when people question you about why you so happy or why you go to church and why you do this and why you do this, say, do you know what God did for me? Sit down. Let me explain some things to you. That's an open door you don't have to believe for, amen, when they question you. So that they hope with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. And so people will, will start to understand that they used to think you were a crazy, nutty person and doing everything wrong and everything. But then when they, at some point, they'll understand your hope in Christ. And then they'll think, oh, boy, I really feel bad. I didn't know that, you know, Christianity was real or God was real to these people or whatever it is that that they accuse us of. If you will keep a conscience, give your testimony, humble yourself, it says with meekness, not boasting, God got me this and I got this material thing and that material, tell about when you was fornicating, running around the church and taking everybody's husband or trying to you understand what i'm saying and god forgave you and and helped you and you understand what i'm saying to tell the truth huh i'm sure that's a song too but anyway we're gonna (laughs) yeah right (laughs) so we're gonna do our uh amen amen thank you nola we're gonna do our quiz now amen